Hey, what's up? You're listening to the Hammer and Nigel Show podcast. Thanks for checking it out and make sure you subscribed. Hammer and Nigel. Why? Because I need a... Why? 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 What the hell is the matter with you? On 93 WIBC. I fell into a burning ring of fire. My name is Nigel. Jason Hammer right over there with a very special guest on the DriveHubler.com hotline. Kevin Bowen is a radio host at our sister sports station, 107.5 The Fan. He does the morning show, Kevin and Query. KB... What the hell was that yesterday? <laughs> what the hell was that? Uh. <laughs> yeah, that was um, – you honestly could probably take our conversation the Monday after the Jacksonville game to end last season. Yeah. And I probably, <laughs> like – you know, I probably uttered the phrase, like, beyond pathetic, uh, absolutely <laughs> embarrassing, one of the worst losses in franchise history. And I think all of that would apply to yesterday. And, and I would say probably the most worrisome aspect of it all like, is this becoming a trend? Um, you know, yeah. this is four straight games. The Colts have had massive things to play for. Three of those four games being against the laughing stock of the NFL. And again, you've been thoroughly outplayed for large chunks um, of these, you know, last four games dating back to the final two last season. So, yeah, utterly pathetic and, uh, frankly, very embarrassing. So, at least – so, the final score down in Jacksonville, 24 nothing. At least last week, down in Houston, they were they were down big and they came back and tied it. I mean, they didn't even get near cl- close to the end zone. Uh, anything looking like remotely like they were going to score – and it, it was a wor- I don't know how you could have had a worse performance than you did in Houston, but somehow they managed to. And again, that's the response, Nigel, from <laughs> week one. You know, like the response from the awful performance to end the season last year in Jacksonville, simmering on it for eight months, is down 20 to nothing in Houston week one. And then you respond to that with yesterday's performance of being down 24 to nothing entering the fourth quarter. It just, you know, an eight-year drought of week one losses um, and now a seven-year drought of winning in Jacksonville. Like, you know, where is the urgency from this franchise top down, owner on down, um, from the product that's been on the field here, again, dating back to last season? I think that is what is just adds to the frustration. This is not a, you know, a one-week outlier in week nine, you know, I Chalk it up. It's a long season. You know, yeah. last year, Buffalo, they lost to Jacksonville. Well, yeah, and they also won a lot of great games. Um, this is now a trend, and it's been a streak of four of these. And that, to me, if I'm Jim Irsay, uh, would have me irate. Are jobs in danger here, KB? And we talked about this uh, last week in regards to the Houston game. Nigel and I talked about this on the air. All of the problems that us fans were bringing up in the offseason, the lack of wide receiver depth, the tight ends, the left tackle, all of those situations were basically ignored. And here we are two weeks in. Those are major problems for this franchise. So when you factor that in... Plus, the decision-making, the lack of preparation that we've seen on the field, are jobs in danger here? Yeah, I, I think the seat has to be warm. I, I, I don't know how it's not. And I'd say the seat's for Chris Bauer and Frank Reich. Now, knowing Jim Irsay and just you know, maybe a little bit of kind of how he's operated, I think the leash is pretty long with this duo, um, which I, I would disagree with. I, not to take you down a cheesy analogy, but – 
Uh, you know the old seat warmers we we have in our cars nowadays. Right. Uh, you know, I, I I felt like entering the year the seat warmer should have been on, like it should have at least been on for this GM and this head coach. Now I feel like it should be full blast, like it's negative ten degrees in in January, February. Like it, it should be a really hot seat. Uh, but like I just said, I I don't know if the owner feels that. You know, I don't know how much of your listening audience realizes this, but Jim say extended. Frank Wright and Chris Ballard last August for really nothing of substance from a win-loss division title playoff success standpoint. They hadn't won a division title, had won one playoff game, and yet he found it you know, worthy enough to extend them, I think through like 2025 or 2026. I remember seeing that being like, what? You know, like, w- since when do these extensions come from like average to slightly above average results? Because that's what the resume had been to that point, and it's really stayed the same since then so uh, yeah we'll, we'll see how the owner operates but um, again it, it to me um, some accountability some public accountability would be well served so is this so Kevin Bowen from the fan here on the Hammer Nigel show talking about that horrible Colts loss is this because I feel like the expectations are pretty high for the Colts coming in in the season and uh, everybody's pretty high on this team but is this team just is it does it come down to coaching or is maybe this just a bad team all around big picture yeah that's a great question and one that you know I'm trying to kind of grasp I'd say the beauty of it and I'm sure I've uttered this phrase to you guys um, God bless the AFC South <laughs> no one is going <laughs> to run away with this division uh, you know people are saying well you know can the Colts win 10 I'm like well is anybody in the AFC South going to win nine eight you know, I mean, I, I think it's that division. So you're always, I think, going to be within striking distance. And I, I guess I shouldn't say always. But you know, for the next few weeks, months, you, you should be within somewhat striking distance. Having said that, if you were going to tell me to rank, like, the 17 games on the schedule at the start of the year and rank them 1-17 to 17 in terms of the easiness, I would have put these two, especially for road games, very close to the top of the list. Um, and, and so I think that is what kind of adds to it is you're about to enter a stretch. Kansas City, Tennessee, and at Denver on a short week. That might be the hardest three-game stretch all season. Uh, so I guess that's where you're kind of worried. Is Sure, the Colts have dug out of holes before under Frank Wright. But again, you've been outplayed thoroughly in seven of eight quarters this season against, bad fo- against two bad football teams. And now your schedule on paper is going to get a lot tougher. You bring up a great point with that AFC South. If Buffalo takes care of business at home tonight and they beat the Tennessee Titans, the Colts are only one game out and they haven't had a home game yet. I guess that's the glass half full here because only one team in the division will have a win if the Titans lose tonight after two weeks. That's unbelievable to me. You know, again, if you get, if you know, listeners believe in prayer, maybe slide in the AFC <laughs> You know, after dinner, at the end of the dinner prayer tonight, or before bed, it's it's a joke of of a division. Hammer, you can probably appreciate this. Every year during March Madness, I'm always scrambling to find where True TV is on my TV guide. <laughs> right. I always have these games on True TV. I feel like the AFC South should be on True TV. <laughs> it's like, you know, it's, Take them off CBS, put them on True TV, and it, you know, <laughs> I laugh, and it's a joke, but at the end of the day, the winner of the division still gets a home playoff game. So, right. you know, one of these teams is going to host a home playoff game, and like you said, if Tennessee loses tonight to Buffalo, 
uh, you will have had two intra-division games already this season, and yet the division has combined for one win. That's really hard to do. Impractical Jokers, March Madness, and coming soon, the AFC <laughs> South. That's the entire lineup of True TV. Exactly. Um, let's talk about this receiving core. Now, I get it. Your two best receivers were out yesterday. And there's a lot of teams that would probably struggle if their two best receivers were out. But the lack of depth on this team, this was a big problem Last year, it was a big storyline in the offseason. And yesterday, you look at Paris Campbell, zero catches, two attempts, a boneheaded penalty. Maybe I'm just the fan coming out here, uh, KB, but you're going to tell me that T.Y. Hilton couldn't have at least caught a pass yesterday? Uh, yeah. I bet he would have at least caught one pass. That's more than the speed burner that is Paris Campbell and we saw yesterday. Yeah, I couldn't agree more. I mean, I think listeners of our show know full well. I've been clamoring for uh, bolstering of the wideout group, frankly, ever since February, March. Chris Howard and I have had a few interesting moments in press conferences about that. And T.Y. is a guy that, you know, to use a golf analogy, I don't feel like he was walking up the 18th hole last year. You know, was he on 15 or 16? Sure. But, again, he would make me sleep better at night than what this group has. Um, Like you said, Paris Campbell uh, did not show up in the box score for the first three quarters. He showed up in the fourth quarter, and his first time he showed up was an offensive pass interference penalty. Like That's where you're at right now with this wideout group. It doesn't have a huge drop. Mike Strawn uh, had a a big penalty in the first half as well. Um, Michael Pittman, to me, entering the season, was the most indispensable player on this football team. Not the best, but the most indispensable. A guy you just couldn't afford to lose because, similar to Carson Wentz, frankly, you just didn't support Matt Ryan. You know, someone called into our show earlier today and were like, you see what Carson Wentz did to the Jaguars last week? Well, yeah, and I also can acknowledge, do you see who Carson Wentz is throwing to? I mean, if you looked at his group, it's a much better, more potent pass-catching group than what Matt Ryan has here in Indianapolis. You do tell it's me he doesn't have Desmond. He's not passing to Desmond Patton. <laughs> like, right. I, I, exactly yesterday, I was, I was like, wait, who are some of these guys? I know Hammer said that, you know, two of the, the starting receivers were, were out, but I was like, man, just throw it to Hines. You know, Hines was yeah. lining up a receiver, wasn't he? Right, and the usage of Hines, I think, it was a mystery. I felt like they got yeah. away from that. Their, their, their best drive was the opening drive. Yes. I mean, they involved Hines. They got into Jacksonville territory and then went away from them. So um, stubbornness from the GM. Um, he's looked at wide out in a very, I think, antiquated view and a very 1980 view of the wide receiver position. And in today's NFL, if you don't have dynamic talent at the pass-catching spots, and I say pass-catching because I'll throw a tight end in there as well, you're going to get exposed, uh, and the Colts have been exposed here to start this season. What do you got coming up in terms of Colts coverage, KB? Well, we're certainly measuring the old hot seat. Um, and, and, again, the home opener is this Sunday. The line, I, I'm sure you've already been on it, has jumped to six and a half. Patrick Mahomes' first time playing inside of Lucas Oil Stadium. Um, so I am going to go out on a limb and say there are some Colt season ticket members that have looked at that and say, boom, let's sell these tickets to some red and yellow fans and try and make up the old season ticket package that we purchased. Dude, they're going to bring a big group yeah. here to Indy. Those Chiefs fans, man, they travel. Huge. And, you know, we see this a little bit with the Pacers. Like, you know, the diehard little kids that are Patrick Mahomes fans that live in, you know, I, I don't know, Louisville or St. Louis or somewhere like that, they might want to drive over here to watch, you know, their, their their favorite player. I feel like that's like the Steph Curry syndrome. I get there's a little bit more of an NFL Midwest player than the, than the NBA, but um, that that's the next meter, I think, on Jim Irsay's 
you know, venom is if you embarrass him inside of that building of Lucas Oil, that is what could do could get him to do some things that I don't think he currently will be doing. I was told we were all chips in, Kevin. I was told all chips, all chips in, and uh, yeah. I don't think we got there yesterday. All right, KB, part of the Kevin and Query Show, 107.5 The Fan. Kevin, thank you. Yep, thanks, guys. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Be sure to catch us every weekday, 3 to 7, on 93 WIBC, or subscribe and get it right to your phone.